The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss AI transformations in generative AI. Joining us is Jennifer Jones-Mitchell, who is the founder and creator coach at Human Driven AI, which provides marketers with a knowledge hub offering resources such as blogs, podcasts, workshops, and other masterclasses to integrate generative AI into their work. And Jennifer is also the host of the newly launched Human Driven AI Podcast. And today, she and I are going to discuss AI transformation strategies. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jennifer Jones-Mitchell, the founder and creator coach at Human Driven AI. Jennifer, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Excited to have you on the show. And boy, you are either incredibly opportunistic or incredibly fortunate about how much people are talking about your line of work. Were you doing artificial intelligence and all of a sudden it became the prettiest girl at the party? Or <laughs> did you say, that's the prettiest girl at the party, I'm going to go talk to her? What a terrible metaphor to start a podcast off with. But anyway, go ahead. Well, it's a bit of both, actually. I've spent my career working in marketing and PR. And as such, of course, I've been using AI as chatbots and social media and all the ways that we've been using it over the past few years. But really, I guess about two years ago, when all of these commercially available tools around generative AI launched, I just dove headfirst in because I could see how it's going to completely transform every part of the job. Yeah, you know, we've been integrating AI a ton into what we do. I'm sure everyone else is. And We've taken approach of using MarTech to weave artificial intelligence into our existing systems. So things like our intro scripts, the script that I read the introduction for this episode was written by a machine and checked by a human. And after this podcast is done, when we upload the audio into our system, we've got a process to automatically take it, transcribe it, and turn it into show notes, quotes, tweets, LinkedIn posts, all sorts of great stuff. And all of it's been through Monday, Zapier, ChatGPT. We use a tool called Chaindesk as well. It's been really complicated to try to figure out how to 
weave artificial intelligence into our daily operations. And honestly, it's taken most of my deep thought work for this quarter. So am I better off here focusing on building artificial intelligence-led tools into my product or just continuing to run the playbook? How do you figure out the transformation strategy for your business? Well, it really comes down to making sure that you know what your goal is, which ultimately should be to operationalize generative AI across your entire organization. And the subset goal of that is to automate tasks and augment skills gaps. So yes, you want to be strategic with it. You don't want to just kind of pick and choose from different little tools here and there. You want to take the time to really figure out what are the best opportunities, how do we mitigate risks, because there are risks in using these tools. So you want to make sure that you really think about the ultimate goals of your transformation to using AI in the right ways. I find the best first step is to establish the team within your company. Obviously, you want to have senior leadership buy-in, you want to have your CEO on board, If you've got a CTO, CIO, anyone who deals with data, you want to make sure they're involved. You want to get legal involved. Make sure you have your PR and crisis teams involved and just really build a team that is going to help you to identify the opportunities and, as I said, mitigate those risks along the way as you develop your strategy. So let's talk a little bit about this because, honestly, my approach was kind of the opposite. I didn't really have a goal for artificial intelligence. I kind of started playing around with the tools first, right? I was looking for us, it's like, what's the way that I can trigger a Zapier instance to then go get artificial intelligence to response? And once I sort of understood what the plumbing was, I was like, all right, there's unique applications for this. How much are you doing basically R&D as opposed to just D, just the development piece? Well, definitely I'm playing with these tools constantly. Every time there's any kind of new tool that comes out, I want to test it and apply it. But you bring up an excellent point. Once you assemble your team, if you want to lead a proper AI transformation, what I like to do is kind of level set with that team. Have everyone that I just mentioned go through a very broad level training so that everyone understands what the capabilities are within these Gen AI tools. Because Someone who works in operations might see an opportunity that someone who works in sales doesn't. So you want to make sure that when you get your team together, everybody understands what these tools can do, what they can't do, what the risks are, how to mitigate those risks, how to use data, have the right governance behind it, and just have that consensus at the outset that this is how we can use them. And when I do that kind of initial broad strokes training, I ask everyone in the room to start playing with the tools. Because to your point, if you're not really testing them and trying them out, you're not going to fully understand the capabilities that are involved. So you want to make sure that you do look at what's out there yourself and test and see what works for your goals, for what you want to achieve. So let's talk a little bit broadly about the can and can't do's for artificial intelligence. I've said multiple times we're in the sandwich phase. Have you been to San Francisco before? I have, yeah. Have you ever had an It's It ice cream? I have not. What is it? (laughs) I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but it's the greatest dessert ever created. It's the San Francisco Bay Area. It's actually started in my hometown, Burlingame here. 
it is an oatmeal cookie with ice cream and then another oatmeal cookie and it's dipped in chocolate. Oh my God. I'm getting a little tired of calling the artificial intelligence era that we're in the sandwich phase where it is human triggered artificial intelligence does something that we consider the meat and then a human has to come in and say it. So we're in the it's it phase of artificial intelligence. It's much more delicious. But moral of the story is we can get something to trigger artificial intelligence. Generally, a human has to check the work before it is actually published. I'm thinking specifically about content. Give me your do's and don'ts. Where are we with generative AI? What can you do? What can't you do at this point? Well, what you can do is limitless, really. But first, I want to address what you said about checking the work. I thought it was going to be about it's it's being delicious, but go on. (laughs) Well, people often think that, oh, I'll just have ChatGPT or Claude or some of these tools write something. And then they come to me and say, yeah, I had it write something, but I still had to proof it. I still had to edit it. And to that, I always say, if you ask someone on your team to write something, when they write it, do you just blindly pass it off to the client or to your spokesperson or whoever you're working with? No, you proof it, you edit it, you make sure it's the best it can be. And that's what you do need to do without a doubt using these tools. So what can the tools do? Absolutely, they can create content. They can create anything that's written word. They can create images. But even more than that, you can have strategic brainstorms with these tools. That's why I try to talk to people about the mind and language of AI. People talk a lot about prompt engineering, which was really just creating a set of prompts to achieve a goal. But you can ask all kinds of strategic questions of AI and get outputs that go far beyond writing an article. It can help you to, I'll give you a specific example. For a client, I took their brand messaging and their services and how they talk about what it is. This is a B2B client, how they talk about what they do. I took their three top competitors, brand messaging and services. Then I took what they have about their customers and the needs that they need solved by this client. You plug that in to Claude or ChatGPT or whatever tool you're using. And then you ask the AI to find white space opportunities where your customers have a stated need and neither you nor your competition are meeting that need. And you can have that strategic brainstorm where it will help you develop new products and solutions. So when it's what you can do with it, you can do anything with it, as long as you understand the mind and language and how to communicate with it. And of course, recognize that you do have to have that quality assurance on the output because there is an inherent bias in the data that these tools were trained on and they do make mistakes. I think of it sometimes like a puppy. It wants to please you. So if it can't find the answer, it's going to make it up. So you still have to look at it and make sure it works. But what you can do with it when you understand how to talk to it, it's limitless, really. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. It's funny, I was looking back at my chat GPT. These are just manual text prompts that I've given it. We filter all of our guest applications, so I get some help writing titles for my episodes. I did How Should We Rename Our Family's Entry into the Chili Cook-Off to be bacon theme. <laughs> how do I figure out the annual grape yield to understand our grapes and how much wine we can produce from our property? And what barrel size, I should probably get into something work-related, oh, maximizing my SEP IRA contribution, writing AI's impact on SEO. Okay, so these are just the text prompts. And I am getting different ideas for creative. It's helping me doing calculations. I am figuring out finance strategies and writing content. That's my last five or six prompts. The ways that you can use artificial intelligence are never ending. Now, you mentioned a couple different things that I want to bring up. One was some of the risks and some of the quality concerns that artificial intelligence will broadly, and excuse me, make shit up to make you happy. Well, I don't want to think that I have 15 gallons of wine coming my way from the, what is it, 12 vines that actually produce fruit this year. I want the real answer, not the happy answer. And I also don't want to give all of my proprietary data to ChatGPT so they can give it to somebody else. How do you make sure that you're getting right answers? And how do you make sure that you're protecting the data that you're giving to a large language model to make sure that it still stays your data? Well, it comes down to training for sure. You want to make sure that all of your employees understand how to use it, how not to use it, like providing any intellectual property or private data. You don't want to ever give that to any of these tools. Oops. Did you say oops? <laughs> yeah, I did because I put in the maximize your SEP IRA contribution. So it was like, here's my company's financial data and my personal tax information. And it gave me the right answer. So it's fine. But maybe somebody else is going to get that data down the road. Yeah, you want to be careful about what information you give it, for sure. And that's why companies have to have clear company policies on how to use it. You have to make sure that you have some governance over it. You want to make sure your legal department is involved, of course. But it really comes down to just making sure that you're training your people well, that they, again, understand that mind and language of how do you craft the ask, is what I call it. You want to make sure that you're very, very clear in what you're asking for, including things like if you're asking it to write an article, ask it to provide sources for anything that it gives you and still check those sources. You still want to make sure you have that quality assurance baked into your company policies and the training that you give your employees. 
because not only will make things up, but the AI is biased. I mean, it just naturally is. It's trained on human data and human input and humans are naturally biased. We all know the Amazon story, I'm sure, where Amazon wanted to start using AI to help with recruiting. And they trained the AI based on their historical hiring practices. Well, historically, men are hired for STEM roles. So the AI learned to dismiss any woman female applicant for any STEM role because that was what it was trained on. And of course, they figured it out and made the proper adjustments. But that's what I mean by bias. All of these tools are trained on the historical data that's out there. Well, the entirety of information out there is naturally biased. So you have to make sure you build in that quality assurance, that governance, make sure your people understand how to ask what are the prompts that you're giving it in order to get the best output. When you hire someone to do a job, to take work off of your plate, they do a task and you're still at the end of the day as the company owner or their boss responsible for their work. So how is artificial intelligence and the governance rule any different than when you're hiring an employee? There's risks for the quality of their work. There's risks for what they're going to do with their data. Is governance any difference between chat GPT and your in-house employees? It is in the sense that there are a lot more unknowns right now because this is still such new technology, but it's not in the sense that you still have that same responsibility and you still have to train people on how to use it ethically and effectively at the same time because they don't have to be polarized opposites. You can use these effectively and ethically. All right. Well, for everybody that's listening, ChatGPT can be used or any of the artificial intelligence model can be used for a unbelievable amount of applications. Everything from strategy, ideation, marketing, content, finance, you can use it as a co-pilot, as your right-hand man or woman for any part of your business. But that does not come without risks, whether it's the quality of the responses as a risk or whether it's what's going to happen with your data when you enter it into these platforms. It's something that you need to consider. And we're going to continue our conversation talking about some of the ways that you can use generative AI that you might not necessarily expect. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jennifer Jones Mitchell, the founder and creator coach at Human Driven AI. Join us again tomorrow when Jennifer and I continue our conversation talking about how generative AI solves branding problems. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jennifer, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is JonesyJen, that's J-O-N-E-S-Y-J-E-N. Or you can visit her company's website, which is humandrivenai.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. 
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.